Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We have an amazing guest, casting director extraordinaire. Please welcome Christy Dooley. Pop on, Christy. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Sure. It is so appreciative because this is a give back to all young and actors of all ages. So I don't know. Let's just get right down to it. You have been casting The Bold and the Beautiful for many, many years. What, since 1987? Yeah. I mean, I took over, the show's been on since 87. I took over the end of 87, beginning of 88. This is amazing. You obviously love what you do. <laughs> I do. I do. How did it come about? Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Um, well, I... Um, I have a background in theater and directing, um, was an actor, um, went to school for that. And then I worked, I moved up to Northern California after school, I went to school in San Diego, moved up to Northern California where I worked in advertising. Mm. Um, and then I moved back to LA and just wanted to get back into the industry. So I was involved a lot with theater. I directed a lot of theater. And then, um, I don't know, it's just, you know, it's all about timing and being at the right place. I was working with some people at a production company and then I was working for a producer. And then one of the women I was working with, um, we still got together and had dinners and stuff. And she talked about this new show she was working on. It was in pre-production and she said, come in and interview. So I'm like, okay, I've always, you know, liked daytime. And um, so I did. And, and, and the person I trained under was amazing. He'd been in this business for years years and years and years, John Conwell. Oh, okay. And then he retired within, I started in February, he retired in December and I took over. That is like such a blessing. It's a, yeah, right it really place. was. I mean, I think it's just, it's where my soul was meant to be. Yes. Yeah. So do you, do you miss acting or do you feel like it has helped you into mm -hmm. the, to the role? No, I think that my background with acting and directing has helped me do what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't miss it because I still feel like my job is creative and I have other outlets for creativity in my life. So no, I don't miss that. No, I'm the same way. I understand. Yeah. I used to be an actress. Yeah. I don't miss it one bit. I feel like I act every day when you are yeah. acting. Every day. Exactly. When you're actors, and like I didn't like the unsteadiness. I'm not, I don't have the right personality for the unsteadiness of being an actor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just don't. It's just so don't. what is, if you could describe to the actors that are listening, is there any difference when, well, not that you're casting uh, films, but when people come in or they come in to coach or they ask questions about soap operas, is there a special key thing to know about when you're auditioning for soap operas or is it just the same? You're telling it. You know, I, I tell, and it's, you know, over the years, I think it has changed a little bit day time, but um, I always tell my students that, you know, acting is acting. You base, it's based from truth. You're not, you're not changing it because it's soap opera. It's not mm -hmm. melodrama and all of that that people think of, but there are technical things I think that apply to daytime. Um, well, first of all, there's repetition because it's on every day. Yes. So always find that new life. And um, also um, just there's holes in daytime. I think that there aren't in other mediums at the end of a scene you'll hold because it's gonna go out to a commercial and come back and pick up. And so there's those kinds of technical things. There's lots of close-ups um, that, that are different. And I think the biggest thing about daytime is how quickly we move. We mm. move so fast. We shoot anywhere from 85 to hundred pages a day. So compared to episodic doing an episode every seven to 10 days and film doing three pages a day, it's a very, very talkative medium. There's not a lot of action. It's mostly. Oh, I 
I don't even know how half the actors do it because there's 50 pages a day that you can maybe possibly have to learn. But my question before we go further is so you were talking about the pauses and it's kind of when you read the scripts, you can see it. It's like a pause. So when actors audition for you, do you want to see those little beats and take that pause and then come back? I want okay. to see what they're doing with it. I mean, you can't just take a pause. There's got to be a reason for it and you've got to fill it with something. So if the writers wrote that in, there's a reason for it. And so you as an actor, you have to find that reason. Otherwise, you're not fulfilling what you're being asked to do. No, totally. But you know what I'm talking about, about this. But it's, so different, it's different if you're looking at contract players versus day players. You know, contract players, they're living the skin of that character every day. And after a while, they'll, they'll, they'll find their own rhythm. And, you know, and it's different writers. But if you're writing for a day player, then they're, they're writing a day player because they need something specific from you for that specific episode. So you can't ignore the things that the writer writing in because the writer knows no more about your character than you. Mm-hmm. So when an actor comes in or goes out but right now because it's COVID, so I'm assuming you're seeing a lot of actors on tape, yes? Um, I've done everything via Zoom, yeah. Yes. So when that happens... Do you like, and these I'm talking about little pet peeves, do you like actors just to be straight on with you and have you as the person they're talking to and maybe have someone, uh, you know, a piece of environment that they're looking at? Do you like behavior? What is your thing? Because different people uh, respond to different things. Yeah. Um, I, I work with, I read with all the actors myself and um, I do like them to use me in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's more than one character in the scene, then my assistant will read also, my associate. Oh. Um, and we'll both read and we'll split it up. If there's multiple characters, I'll read the men, she'll read the women or whatever will make sense. We'll make sense of it in the scene so that we are reading the characters with the actor. I mean, that's when we used to do it in the office. We haven't had to really deal with that since COVID because everything we've done has been pretty much one, it's been one-on-one. So I haven't had, we haven't had to both read. And what if, an actor, what if an actor is putting themselves on tape and there's a couple characters, how do you feel about using the other person? Um, I think, again, they have to play it to the actor. And and my general rule of thumb, if you're reading with multiple characters in a scene, is if the characters you are reading with are giving you the same information, so their attitude is the same, whether it's positive or negative, then I say play them as one character. But Uh, if if they're giving you different things, if this character is mad at you and this character is happy with you, you can't play them as one person or you're going to look schizophrenic. So then you do have to kind of place them a little bit differently. And Mike, I always say, just put the other person just slightly off. Don't make a big deal about where you place it. Just enough with your eye contact so that we can see that you're dealing with, that it's a separate person in the scene. So keep it simple yet specific. What about behavior? What about if there's drinking, if you're in a bar? Yeah, I know that's a question that comes up a lot. And I know there's a lot of controversy, uh, not controversy, but a lot of different opinions. Yes, that's what I'm asking. What they like, yeah. Um, I'm um, I'm fine with... uh, Let's see. I'm fine with props if it's simple. I mean, you don't want that to take over the scene. Um, I'm big on moments before. So if there's some simple thing you can do in a moment before, whether it's a turn and step into the scene or if it does involve a prop or something, that's fine. The thing you have to be aware of with props and miming is if you're holding a script, where does it go when you turn a page? And I can't, that is a pet peeve of mine when, when when a prop disappears or mine disappears, then you, you've lost me completely. Right. So if you don't need it, don't use it. If it's something you can easily get a, get rid of, do that. Like um, I had a bartender, somebody reading for a bartender once, and he started the scene with his back. This was in office. And he started the scene with his back to me, and he was like drying his hands. 
and he turned around, turned around and faced me. He took the bar towel he had in his hand, threw it over his shoulder, started to sing. And we immediately knew where his environment was, who he, who he was. So it was a great way of him um, setting up the environment and the scene for himself, but it never got in his way. And, yeah. and I love that kind of stuff. I love the fact, and you're immediately engaged in watching him. And that's what I mean about having that moment before. It's just yeah. standing there waiting for their line. There's no life going on. I'm big about that jumping off place. Now, obviously, and you can, with the self-tape, you can still incorporate that. It's uh -huh. hard. I know it's really hard now with COVID, with people doing self-tapes because, because they, um, they're not always quarantined with somebody who can read with them. So, you know, then it's either you're reading with a roommate who can act and it can be very distracting or you're reading with somebody on the phone and it can be hard. I mean, so you just, you know, it's. Let me ask you this. So you just were talking about the sound of someone's voice. And you know what's interesting? Because we just paused our podcast because we were hearing echoes. Because you never know what is picking up on different computer mics. Sometimes it sounds really clear. And sometimes, you know, my voice can sound super loud. And, you know, I have to adjust. So right. I think we're going to sound like you're in a cave or it's tinny. Yes. Or, yeah. So what, and, and you were just talking about, you know, sometimes you, actors are in a place where they don't have, a, a, you know, an actor who is trained to read with them. So what is worse, to sound tinny over the phone on your audition, but be a connected actor, or to have someone in the room with you who's not a great actor? Wait, you know what I mean? Like, the first choice was to read with me? No, no, I'm me? talking about Zoom. I'm talking about when people oh, are making okay. tapes for you. You're, you know, they're making a tape. And so they have two options. Someone who's in the house with them who's not an actor. Right. To read. When they're doing a self-tape you're talking about. Right. Yeah, self-tape. And that's distracting or to have the tinniness of someone over the phone that knows how to do what they're doing. Right. You know what? I would prefer the person over the phone. Yes. Because I, just, I can, t if, if they're in the realm of the ballpark of the, the character in the scene, yeah. I can tune them out. But if they're just really so awful because they just, you know, not no fault of their own, but they just don't know, you know, and it, it shows that it's not as easy as people think. Um, that becomes more distracting. So I'd rather the other person just becomes something in the background that's not distracting. So if their voice is tinny and it's on the phone, that doesn't bother me. And I knew you were going to say that, but I just want to ask that just for people yeah. that are tuning in to listen, because they really do want the advice. They want to know you a little bit. So when they're, they're extra prepared for coming in for you, you know? Right. So when you decide that someone's getting a call back from Zoom, so what does it look like and do they, are they put in the waiting room for the callback? And then, you know, I haven't done day player roles in on Zoom yet because I have been lucky enough since we've, uh, since COVID has been a very day player. And there hasn't been as many because we're trying to keep our footprint so small right now on the stage yeah. by not bringing in new bodies yes. um, that everybody I've hired I, has been somebody I've read in the past and it's been a direct offer. So I haven't had to, oh. I keep track of everybody I read. And that's why I tell Tell actors too, it's like, you know, you go into a callback for a role. I'm talking day player roles now. And let's say I bring three people into a callback for right. producers. I'm not going to bring three people that are exactly the same because what would be the point? I would just hire them myself. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and that's, but it's to bring them choices to show them that it can be played three different ways. So if you're one of those three actors and you don't get the role, you have to realize it has nothing to do with your ability because you're, you're hireable or you wouldn't have made it to the callback. But I brought in three different types which I like to say like an apple, a banana, and an orange. And if I hire the orange, you, you're an apple. You can't be an orange. So let it go. It means it just wasn't your day. But what happens is happened for me many times is that 
we'll remember those other two actors that didn't get hired. And down the road, we'll go, remember that actor? He wasn't right for the lawyer, but boy, he'd be really good for this doctor or whatever the role is. So I've hired people off of previous you know, callback sessions. So that's why I talk is just let it go. Your day will come unless yeah. you really screw up your callback for some reason, <laughs> but you know, most likely you didn't. So but for, but for contract roles, which I have had to deal with over COVID, I, I put three new people under contract since COVID started. And so that was a real um, challenge just because I've never done that before. And um, so it was a completely different process. And I have to say when all is said and done, I enjoyed it a lot. I found it a very valuable process. I was able to see a lot more people in a shorter period of time than I can when I have to bring people in my office. And for these three roles, I mean, I was able, I, I saw people all across the United States because it's Zoom, you know, and you can read, and a lot of people actually were quarantining in different places anyway. But um, so, you know, it was a little bit of a different process because I, I would put out a breakdown and from the breakdown, I would choose, I think we chose like 200 people to just do a really short self-tape of a scene. I would send them out a one-page scene and then I was able to just quickly go through those self-tapes, you know, because half the time people aren't right. You know, you can tell right away. I just, have to, I, just, I just have to interject right now because you said such such a glorious thing because for a pre-read to only send one scene is such a nice thing to do because yeah. why do, you don't need to see more than that to know if the no, person- No, I just need to get a feel because I'm going to see them with a longer scene anyway. That's and then right. once I did that, then I was able to choose the people I wanted to see on Zoom. And then I read with them on Zoom. And then from there- I narrowed it down. I, I would narrow it down to like the top maybe 10 people I liked. And I would send those to our executive producer and say, which people now do you want me to do a, a chemistry read, if you can call it that, with right. one of our contract players. And you know, we're like, well, how are we gonna do how are we gonna do it? Because first we're like, well, do we have them come to the studio and we do it outside? And I'm like, you're not gonna see chemistry that way. So what we ended up doing was doing a Zoom reading where you can see them side by side. Yes. And you know, they can see each other and then. Rachel and I would just pull ourselves out of the audition, take off our video and, and all that and watch the scene. And then I could direct them. And then at the end of the scene, I would give them, I'd say, okay, now just you guys talk and just let them talk to each other and see what kind of chemistry there was. And I, I thought, you know, it was great. It, was, it worked out really well. It really, so much silver lining to this that people don't yeah. even realize. You don't yeah. have to have the car traffic in a car uh, of the stress of that, of getting ready and being late. But my question is, and, be, and you know, and communication is really clear in your Zoom box. Mm -hmm. Feelings resonate. They just resonate through anywhere, in person and not in person. So they, so everyone on Zoom right now has their own television box that they're in. So guys right. have to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing, that, the only thing, I mean, and I like the fact that I can see people close up as opposed to across the room in my office. The only thing is I can't, I, I really like to watch an actor work from head to toe. Yeah, And so, because, because we move so fast and when I bring an actor in my office, I want to make sure that they're comfortable in their space and that they can think and walk and talk because we're moving fast and directors are spending their time with the contract players and I need to know that this person can, can think for themselves. Don't get that quite so much with Zoom. How do you know that about an actor? What makes you go, ah, oh, he can, he or she, they can be on I can tell. I can tell from their energy in the room. And that's the one thing I do miss about Zoom. And especially like teaching class over Zoom is that I miss the energy in the room. I, I, I can't, I it, you can't quite feed off of it the same way. And so I can't watch their body movement and how they move it because I like people to use their space. I like, I, I always have actors stand in my office. I don't like people sitting down. Mm. Like I said, I don't want to see them work from head to toe. So that's how I can tell. 
So, so what is it about the looseness in their body that they're not carrying any tension if they flub yeah, up a line? And just how comfortable they are. And, yeah. and sometimes it's not even about moving. It's how comfortable are you standing still? Yeah. You know, because there's that too. So it just allows me to see all that when they're in the room that you can't see over Zoom. It boils down to confidence every time, doesn't it? Well, that's true. And experience and all that. Yeah. Yes. So when an actor comes in for you and the role has been written a certain way, do you respond to actors that go, I see it totally different. I'm going to think outside the box. I'm going to bring all I got and change your mind. Um, well, I, I try not to go against the writers completely. I mean, if they've written a certain way, it's because they want it a certain way. True. <laughs> and True. That's, but you know what that's I'm saying. the limitations of being a casting director because you're only as good as your producer's taste, right? Or yes. your writer's taste, <laughs> which is why, you know, you do your own projects, that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I'll go, oh, God. You know, I've read actors before where I'll go, oh my God, I love this actor. They're not going to like him at all. Oh, Keep him aside, Put him aside and think of him for something else, but he's not going to, he's not right for this show, you know. But on the other hand, again, like I said earlier, if I'm doing callbacks, I don't want to bring in three people who are doing it exactly the same. I want to go, wow, that was really interesting. I'm not sure that's a choice they're going to go with, but I like it. So I'm going to bring that choice in and show it to them. And, okay. um, and, and I, years ago, many years ago when Bill Bell was still um, running our show, we were looking for this character on the show of a photographer and he was a little bit edgy, but he was definitely a leading man. So I read all these leading men. And then this one actor came in, I will never forget him. And he was just charactery and edgy and so interesting. I just thought I, I have to bring him to a callback. He's gonna be like nobody else that comes in the room. And I remember they were sitting out in the reception area, the four of them or however many it was, and Bill Bell walked through the reception area and he came into the audition room and he goes, why is that guy sitting out there? Wow. And I thought, now I just didn't really respond. <laughs> so the guys came in and read and he got the role. And Bill was like, oh my God. He goes, I have to rewrite this now a different way. He goes, but this guy's amazing. And he ended up being on the show for a few years. See, that's so you don't know, but I just, that, that's thinking outside the box. But I gave them other choices too, if they wanted to stay inside but sometimes it's, it'll be like, no, I really want this guy to be more leading man, but we have to remember this guy for something. Which is wonderful. And it, obviously your teamwork with your producers. Right. And also sometimes that inspires them to go, hey, maybe we'll do this, you know? Yeah. So, and that is, a, I think that's one of the nice things about daytime because I work right here in the studio. Mm -hmm. I mean, my executive producers across the hall, the right, you know, I, you get to, I get to watch the actors work. It's, it's a very collaborative. I'm not just, you know, I'm part of, production team it's not just casting yeah. I do a lot of other stuff too which is nice I think that's why I've stayed so long well absolutely 100 percent. and you have such actors you know actors talk about all the casting people that are circled <laughs> in their life and you people really like you Aww, they really like nice. you and I think that they feel that you're you know supportive well um, yeah and that's what I try and tell actors too is don't you know you go into an audition don't give your power away Make my job hard. Make me go, I don't know who to hire because they're all so good. Yeah. The hardest thing or the least favorite thing I would say is for me to end a casting session and go, I got to see more people. There's just nobody. Nobody's getting it. You know, nobody's. Yeah. And, and that's, it's not even hard when people don't get it because when people don't get it, I can start directing and, it's, and getting them to get it. Mm -hmm. But when there's just nobody coming in who's just not right or the look's not right and 
I think that's one of the most frustrating things for, especially when you start getting into contract roles, because it's like, if I could take this person's look and this person's ability and this person, you know, <laughs> you just want to become, you know, Dr. Frankenstein. And do you, as a casting director, do you open yourself up to seeing as many people as possible? Or do you have your group? I try, but there's, you know, there's only a certain amount of hours in a day. There's only yes. a certain amount of time I have, you know, to set people up. But I, I try to, you know, be fair. And, and read as many people as I can. Yeah. So silver lining for COVID, you are actually getting a chance to see some more actors. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. Which yeah. is wonderful because then actors out there who are listening to this, if you get an opportunity, do so good. So when we come back to coming in, you will remember them. I, and I don't know if actors will ever come back in the office. I, really? I don't know. I don't see it changing. I'd rather do it this way. I'd really? rather do the Zoom reading. Oh, absolutely. Because like I said, I can see a lot more people. And maybe then I just really, or maybe I just really narrow it down and only bring in a few people. For the callback. The office. Yeah, the yeah. callback for myself or the callback for producers. So. See, in my opinion, I think that I love the fact of Zoom and it's just, it's an incredible thing. But I think when you get down to the wire, just as you said, like to see them in their body and to see them mm -hmm. together, just that extra security Yeah. to be in yeah. person. But, you know, we all crave being in person. I miss you know, hugging my actors when they walk in. And I'm sure you miss, you know, that energy when someone walks into your room. And you I just miss having anybody here. I, I, my, yeah. my assistant has not been in the office in almost a year. Yes. Come in since this, I mean, I still come into the office. They would prefer us working at home, but I need the office. I need the energy. I'm it's in my, like my happy place. Yes. There's no distractions. I, I do it at home and the dogs are barking and the internet's, you know, I'm on a hill. The internet's, it's just, I much prefer this environment to do yes. my work in. So I still come in three or you know three times a week about. I understand. I'm at my studio all the time, me yeah. and everyone on Zoom. Although yeah. <laughs> we do do some one-on-one uh, -on -one tapings here because it's 15 feet and I'm, but it's you know it's a lot because you're wearing a, two masks and a shield. It's a right. lot. But so how ha else have you sustained being in this COVID land? And well, we've been we've been really lucky here because you know we were the first show back. Um, and we have followed everything to the letter. And because of that, we've been very successful. And, you know, we kept, we, we don't break any, not that people are breaking rules, but I mean, you know, our um, executive producer's wife is the uh, film commissioner of California. And so oh. we have followed, followed rules very carefully coming back. Wow. You know, she works with the governor and all that. And, and so we made sure everything was set in place before we came back into the studio. The studio was redesigned in certain ways and all kinds of things. And we have zones and, you know, I, I am not allowed to go on the set anymore. Um, mm -hmm. They don't want me near the, you know, cause they only have certain people that are allowed to go near the actors. Just again, the fewer the people you have, or, yes. you know, is better. So, so we've, like I said, have been very, very successful that we have been able to stay open. Even, uh, even now with California, when it was doing so poorly there, um, we've still been lucky enough to stay open, knock on wood, you know. Yes, knock on wood, absolutely. But if you do do the right precautions, it's all possible. Yeah, and just and and you know, and the, and getting the actors and the actors know they want to work. I mean, we were, you know, everybody was down for a few months, and, yeah. and it was like everybody wanted to get back to work. So it's like then you got to follow the rules, and you have to follow the rules when you're not here. And I think that's the hard part, you know, is following the rules. I don't know. Here. I certainly wouldn't want to get COVID. I. I, I, it blows my mind when people don't want to follow the rules and they think they're in there's a lot of people who don't or a lot of people who still travel and a lot of people and they don't realize what they're bringing back until they've already brought it back. So Right. But no one's brought it back to your set. So you're very lucky. No, we've been lucky. 
One of my old clients got on Bold and the Beautiful, and I was just thinking about it when we were just talking, and she's still on the show, Jennifer Garris. Yeah, I was just looking at her on camera. That is, and I was, when I was looking you up a little bit, she has been on the show since 2006. Yeah, I think, oh my goodness, soap operas are fantastic. So she plays a sister on the show, so you know, she's never going to go away. It's just that sometimes her storyline's there and sometimes it's not, so it just depends, you know, so she's, yeah. But it's incredible. It's an incredible thing to, to, you know, for a starting ground for actors and to have a nine to five job for as many. And that you said something very interesting because it used to be a starting ground for actors. It's not anymore. It just, it can't be. I mean, when we first started and we were doing one show a day, which to me is just unheard of now because we do eight shows in four days. Incredible. Um, But we were doing one show a day and which was, we're a half hour. So that's what, 35 pages. You had time to work with new actors. You had time to explain the technical sides and all of that we don't have that now you got to come in with experience and um so it's it's really not the starting jumping off yes, now I, it can I, be in a sense of smaller roles yeah that's what i'm saying but yes i don't think any job is a starting ground and i don't mean to be insulting in any capacity no no, no, no. i understand what you're saying because it is it's an amazing uh learning place you know and oh, it's like cool. i have friends who work in the industry and in other capacities a friend of mine who's a script supervisor and she was working on a show and one of our actors was guest starring she goes we love daytime actors so much because nothing throws them we can throw last minute changes at them and they've got it down because we're they're used to working fast you know, and that dialogue, you know, it's just a memory muscle and they're living it every day. So of course, the more you do it, the better your memory is to retain all of that. So. How, what is the key? What is the secret for that? Because it's not I think just- everybody has a different, a different way they do it. I know one of our actors would tell me, and this was years ago, that he would, he would actually record it. He would record both sides and, you know, he would do it that way. Other, there's another actor who never looks at his lines until the morning of. And because he's working every day and it's just, it's too confusing to work on tomorrow's show before I finish today's show. So he'll finish today's show, go home, read the scripts for the next day and just read them through and get an idea of what's going on. And then the next morning he just runs it, runs it. And you know, again, it's because he's, he lives that character every day. That's, but that is a gift. That is an incredible gift. And a lot of people can't do it, but. Yeah, because we had an actor start on our show who hadn't done daytime before. And it was a nightmare for him. At first we thought this, it's horrible to say, but I'm not, I won't say who it is. But right. it's like, does he have a learning disability? Because he can't oh. remember his lines. Wow. And it's like, oh, no, wow. it's just, we're used to doing it. Yeah. You know, and as time went on, it, it was fun. It was fun. It because your body fun. becomes accustomed to, to yep. what it needs to, to do. But I feel like exactly. almost that all actors should have a good basis from, from this, even if they're not on a show, to take soap operas and like throw themselves many, many pages just to relax into, um, you know, the memorization of it. Well, it's true. And I, I mean, even for me, reading with the actors, because I do it so much, I have a great memory muscle. And I mean, I can read a scene through once and I'm, I've got it down, you know, working with the actors, just because, again, I'm doing it all the time. So it's, it's true. So it's, healthy. Healthy. Mm-hmm. it's so good for your mental health. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yes. That muscle memory is, and to use it every day, you're so lucky yeah. with your job too, but actors, you know, they get to use that and so many pages after pages, you're working another part of your brain. Yeah. It's very, very useful. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Incredible. Okay, so when people back to the Zoom audition mm-hmm. and if they're having a callback, have you experienced that you'd have to put 
uh, some of the actors in the quote waiting room when the screen comes on and it says you're I don't know because I don't do that Rachel does that she's the editor and the manager of the zoom I just show up and she tells oh. me what to do when I do it <laughs> so I don't have anything to do but I know that yes yeah, she does put people in the waiting room because she'll say to me okay we've got so many people in the waiting room so I know that we do use the waiting whatever that is, the virtual but, So my message to actors is please take care of yourself in that waiting room and don't just stare at your screen and get all uptight because it's going to- Use it like you're, yeah, use it like you're prepping to get ready for your audition. Absolutely, yeah. I think one of the other things too, the technical things that actors need to learn about Zoom is your background. So, you know, to have as, as neutral a background as you can because if it's just so busy, I find myself, I mean, if an actor is not catching my attention, I'm looking around their background going, oh, look at the books on their bookshelf, you know, because you're just like, because you're not keeping me interested with like, your reading. Like right now, our backgrounds are not something to use for your No, 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 but that's okay. Cause you know, we don't have We're to. just hanging out. So it's totally yeah. okay. I usually <laughs> actually do, I, I do some of my, um, podcast from my stage where it's that wall and it, it looks yeah. fantastic well it's I know you can also like I could put a virtual background up there if yeah. I wanted to too but you know I don't but it just looks, you know a lot of people now are getting savvy and they're putting up the gray screen in the back and all of that kind of stuff just to, but they should yeah. you should you have got to be on your game more than ever before don't you agree don't yeah. you feel it's become so much more competitive yeah and I mean at first you know when I was first started the zoom readings earlier this last year like last March um, you know, it was a learning process for everybody and it would be, okay, yeah. let's stop again. You need to adjust your camera. It's too high. It's too low. You're too far. You're too close. You're too uh -huh. this, that, and people like, you know, and so we were all just kind of learning together, but as yeah. time goes on, you know, you just got to learn, you got to learn the ins and outs. Cause not, if you're just sending in a, a reading, then they're not going to give you the same kind of uh, adjustments. No, absolutely. What is some advice that you give actors out there? to pursue their career, and then we'll get into how they can connect and-, and Well, I think it's the things we already talked about a little bit, and that is, um, no, I just lost my train of thought. What are things- Training, that I, What, what are are we things, talking about? What knowing are, Zoom, knowing your Zoom, you were yeah, talking about. Yeah, and, and just, I mean, there's a lot of technical things when it comes to auditions that I think actors have to, you know, learning how to hold your script. Now, when you come in to read for me, you better not be on script, because if you are, oh. you'll never get hired. Okay, that is a really important moment. Let us repeat that, please. Yes. So when you're going and, and, and I, you know, we tell this to actors, I tell it my students when they read this, that you have to know the material because we move so quickly and, and time is money. And so if an actor comes into a callback and uh, with my supervising producer and they're not on script, he's like, why don't they know the lines? Mm -hmm. what, you know, it makes them nervous that they're going to get on set and not know their lines because when you get on set, it's even more stressful. So if you don't know your lines in my office, it makes us really nervous that you're not going to know the lines. Is this for the first read or just for the callback? No, for the first, when you come in to read for me, you have got to be off the script. I won't bring you to a callback. Wow. That is such important information. Yeah. I would because never we know just, that. We just move too fast and, yeah. and you have to stick to the words. You can't change the dialogue. Wow. You know, I don't like what I call gist of acting which is, well, I kind of got the idea. I got the idea across. No, you did not. You may think you got the idea across, but it's very diluted and it's not what the act, the writer was telling you to say. And I think actors don't realize that there might be a specific word that you may not like, or <laughs> actors, well, I just changed that word because I like this word better. I'm like, well, guess what? The writers needed that word for something down the road. So don't ever make an assumption that you can change something and it's okay. I am so, so on the same page with you because it's you the writer's medium. 
you have to honor, honor the writer's words. First and foremost, you can't change up scripts. I 100% agree with you. I had a call back once with our executive producer for a role, and it, this was a big role because otherwise he wouldn't have been involved in the callback. But this actor, I brought him in because he was just so interesting. Uh-huh. And, and he was, but he never, he, he, he made up the scene basically as he went along. <laughs> and the executive producers, our head writer said, you know, I love this guy, but I'm just worried he'll never say the words I write. And it's true. And how long is it going to take you then to get the scene shot? So it's not worth it, you know? So, you know what? I understand that. I have coached many an actor and I'm like, that was great, but it's, I don't see it on this. These are not the words. Yeah. And you know what? I think in any medium, you have to honor the text. Yeah. One, 1,000%. Yeah. Okay. So I went off topic. Okay. So Zoom, knowing your lighting, knowing your background, uh, honoring the text. Uh, what else about training for actors? What else do you advise? You know, and I mean, I, when actors come in the office, you know, I, I think my biggest thing I will say to actors is control what you can, let go of what you can't, mm. you know, and you can control knowing the material. You can control asking the right questions. You can control being dressed right for the part. You control all those things that are in your control. What is not in your control is if you get the job or not. It's not in your control because I'm going to pick and you don't know why I'm going to pick what I'm going to pick, you know, but so you, all you can do is bring that scene to life. Cause I'd much rather have an actor come in to read for me who made strong, wrong choices. Mm-hmm. An actor who comes in to read for me who brings no choices and plays middle of the road because they're so afraid to be wrong. Mm-hmm. They play middle of the road. And now again, that, that, that applies more to a contract role than a day player role. Day player role is pretty finite. You're going to read the scene that you're going to play if you get the role. And so the words are already there on the page. I know what it is I need. For a contract mm-hmm. rule, it's a little different because we're looking beyond the written word of that scene. We're looking to see what you possess as an actor that we want to invest in for the next three, four, five, however many years you're on the show. So that becomes a little different. But you know that becomes about um, um, confidence and experience and all, and all of that. Because if I see somebody come in with a strong, wrong choice, I can redirect that choice. But you can't direct no choice. 1,000 yeah. As long as the actors come with a strong point of view, mm-hmm. then you have, then you know that that actor has guts. Well, and that they worked on something. Yes. You know? You know? Well, they know what they're doing to create a yeah. life of the character. Yeah. I mean, of course, at the end of the day, it's always, you know, part of yourself into that material, but mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. So you rather not go back to the old world of auditioning. You want to keep it like this or? I think it'll be a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for contract roles, it's great because like I said, I can see people all over the country. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then if, if, if we, you know, the producers really like that person, then we can work on getting them out here. But um, I think until you narrow it down, it's, it's Zoom works well for that, for the contract roles. For day player roles, I imagine I would probably um, go back to reading them in office if that, when and if that day comes, yeah. I had a great question in my mind just now, and it just flew out to the other side. But we'll segue into talking about your teaching, too, because it is an extension from being a caster director and directing actors. And obviously, that is what casting directors do. You're supposed to help direct them to find, right? So is there any place specific that you're teaching right now that we want to shout out to you? I teach at ACE about, I used to teach a lot more. I don't so much anymore, but I do teach a class like at once a month at ACE Studios in, well, I don't, I guess they're in Burbank, but it doesn't matter because it's on Zoom. Yes. <laughs> um, and like I said, that's, there are great advantages to teaching on Zoom because I don't have to travel. 
Um, but um, I also miss that energy in the room because when you're teaching a group of people, it's like I feed off people or I can tell that that person in the back of the room, is, they're, they're lost. They're not getting the critiquing or that, what we're talking about. So that's the hard part about Zoom is that I can't get all of that energy. Um, so I just have to count on the actors asking questions. I'm really big on actors asking questions. You are. Especially, so especially when I teach class, because it's like, how else are you going to learn if you don't come in with questions? Well, okay. Yes. And class is asking questions. Side note, I can't wait for it to be in person because the eyes on the screen, it's really, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Your eyes melt off. When an actor comes in and is doing the role and you, and they start asking questions, is that going to hinder them? And, you know, it, like if they're going to get an answer that they're not ready for and they haven't worked on, it's right. gone. I have two, okay, I have two comments for that. Okay, good. One is, I always tell actors, if you're looking at material and you have a question, then ask the question ahead of time. I mean, we emailed you the side, so obviously you have our email. Oh. Or you can call the office. Anybody who answers the phone could probably answer your question, but if they can, it'll get back to me and you'll get your, or Rachel, and you'll get your question answered. Oh. So there's that. If you come in, before an actor reads for me, I always ask them, do you have any questions? Because I never want an actor to walk out of my office going, I wonder if I could have asked that. So I always, before they start to read, I said, do you have any questions? It throws some actors off because they're like, uh-oh, I didn't know I was supposed to have a question. That wasn't part of my homework assignment. So it's not, I'm not trying to trick you. It's, it, and at that point, it really is, do you pronounce the name this way or this way? Do you, you know, it's, it's mostly technical things. However, I have had actors say, well, I look at the scene and to me, it could have been done this way, A, or it could have been done this way, B. And I say, okay, well, it's B. And I go, oh, well, I worked on A. I'm like, well, then oh. why did you ask the question? Yeah. Ask the question, be prepared for the answer. So that's my only thing about that. Is yes. If you worked on it both ways, great. Then I'm telling you, go ahead and do it B. But otherwise, just show me what you have, what you worked on, and we'll go from there. And just say, no, I don't have any questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to have a question, but I just don't want you to think you couldn't ask a question. Well, so. that's really wonderful because I think a lot of actors get nervous going in for casting directors. And I think there's that feeling of, you know, you want to please them, you want to get hired, you want to do the best work, and then you also don't want to care what anyone thinks about you. And it's a really hard, it you is. know, it's hard. You're it's, putting yourself out there. Yeah. You're putting yourself out there. And you come off like you super, super care. So anyone listening out there, don't be nervous when you go in for Christy Dooley. I have a question. I know, I have been told I'm intimidating. I don't mean to be, but I think it's because I get so into watching the performance that people think I'm being intimidating, but I'm really, I'm really not. I understand. And that's yeah. good for people to hear. And yeah. this, this will help them. And this is why I do this as a give back to get to know you because I want to break down all. Yeah. Those well, I think that all also another, my sitting stance in the room is I tend to sit with my arms crossed because that's just my resting position. And I uh, think people look at that as a judgment, like oh, she's got her arms crossed. She doesn't like, even my husband will say, your arms are crossed. I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. It just, it's just, <laughs> my father did that. And I, I, for some reason I do that. It's just how I sit. It's my relaxed, but it's not, it's, it's my listening means I'm listening doesn't mean I'm judging <laughs> means I'm listening. but that is so good to know yeah. uh, I'm going to sidetrack when actors come in for you do they have to be is soap operas sag after they merge so we're sag after but we're still under an after contract I don't even mean paid up I mean giving actors who aren't in sag get new opportunities so that's not going to well, hit and that's, them 
that's one of the things daytime can do. If you do three uh, extra jobs on daytime, it makes you SAG eligible. This it you in the SAG. So a lot of people go, I'll do a, I'll be an extra. Or if you do an under five on daytime, also that makes you, put you into SAG. Oh, um, well, then yeah. that's So incredible. it's either three extra jobs or one speaking job. Okay, let me just, let's reiterate that. So if you're trying to get your SAG card and you get into a SOAP, three extra jobs on a SOAP or one under five. And under five, yeah. A line will do it for you. And where the extra, is that through extra casting or is that? No, we do it all in-house. It's all here. It's through, How do know. actors reach out to you? To I mean, they reach out to Rachel if they want to do extra work. I don't hire extras, but um, she does. Um, okay. So they would just reach out to Rachel Oginski, my associate. What is the email? We're going to put it into the thing. Do you know what it is? I think it's casting it. I'm going to text her right now because I don't want to give out the wrong one. I don't want to give out her email. <laughs> What's her full name, Rachel? Yeah. Rachel Oginsky. Rachel Oginsky, you guys. O-G-I-N-S-K-Y. O-N-G-I, what? I said it wrong. Oginsky. Oh, I have to spell it. O-G-I-N-S-K-Y. Rachel Rose. People know her as Rachel Rose. Everybody knows oh. Rachel Rose. This is huge information for whoever is listening because I get calls all the time. COVID, I can't get my SAG card and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I'm getting oh, Okay, you but now let me tell you, I mean, that wasn't a perfect world. We haven't hired an extra since we've been back. Okay. We're not going to use extras until things clear up because again, why would we put those bodies on set? If we're going to, if we have to have an extra, we'll use one of our makeup people yes. or our COVID supervisor because he's yes. always on stage. You know, we're going to use somebody who's already cleared. We're not going to bring on a stranger who we've got to test. Because this is the other thing that for me, it's like I had a role next week coming up and it's like, you've got to have them cast by this date because they have to be tested this far in advance. It's like, oh my God. So that has changed things a little bit because we have to, you know. Everybody has to be careful. Yeah, well, you got to play it safe. But yes, but I'm just saying for for getting your SAG card in the future, just hearing that other opportunity is going to get people's minds spinning. And I think that's incredible. Right, right. So don't be nervous when you go in with Christy. She well, says, I mean, that's easy. okay, this is the other thing about nerves because you can't tell somebody not to be nervous. So what I say <laughs> is because I, I, I used to um, play the piano. I used to, I mean, I, don't, well, I haven't played in a long time, but I used to do concerts. And I, all my nerves, when I get nervous, go into my hands, which is not a great thing for <laughs> playing the piano. Yeah. So you have to find other ways to redirect your nerves. And that's part of why I have actors stand when they come in to read for me, because it gives your nerves some place to go. Because mm -hmm. I found when actors sit in a chair, everything sinks into that chair. And, mm -hmm. you know, everything's gone. And so by standing, again, use your nerves in a positive way as opposed to a crippling way. Because it can work for you. It can give you energy. It can give you all, you know, you just have to look at it that way. So I'm not saying don't be nervous. Just don't let it cripple you. Yeah. Yes. Find the way to use your nerves, yeah. of course. Find the way to use meant, obviously. Because yes. Yes. You, can't, you can't, and the minute you say to somebody, don't be nervous, what's yeah. going to happen? Of course yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't but, think of elephants. Okay. <laughs> but my point was being that when they see, when they come in the room with you, and they see you folding your arms. It means you're listening and you're attentive. I'm listening. Yes. And you're. But that's, that's only if I'm not reading with them. I mean, if I'm reading with them, I'm going to be reading with them. But if I'm just watching a scene, that Okay. This is the casting. It's just casting at bbmail.tv. 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 We will put that in when, when this podcast comes out. Yeah, we'll that's the generic one. Okay. So Rachel's, Rachel gets that one. Okay, that's amazing. And let me ask you, so if they were doing the the um, the extra to Rachel, would they be thrown into the circle of the under fives? 
doing extra work does not hurt you from doing under fives, but I cast anything that speaks. So it would still have to come to me, you know, still have to go through me, but, but not to say Rachel doesn't suggest people for under fives. Of course she does. You know, she can, anybody she wants, you know, she can suggest to me. Um, and I read under fives, you know, people, and I read people over and over again. And I've had people say to me, why do you keep reading me for an under five? Why can't you just hire me? Why do I have to keep coming in and read? I said, well, two things. First of all, because every under five is different, has a different, and, and the fewer the lines, the harder the role. And two, don't be offended because if I keep bringing you in, I'm looking for something for you. I just haven't found the right thing yet. So if I don't think you're good, I'm not going to bring you in anymore. It's not just for fun. <laughs> so, so if you keep getting called in, it's because I, I want to use you. I just haven't found anything. And it has come down to that for me in the past with under fives. Well, I'll read like eight people, let's say, for an under five, which, um, Kind of a lot, I guess. Yeah. And it comes down to like two people. And I'm like, I can't decide between these two people. And I'll go, you know what? This person's read for me four times. This person's only read for me twice. So it's their turn. Oh. You know, it can come down to that. I try, try to be fair if they're both white for the role. It must be hard sometimes when you really like two or three actors and for solid reasons to make that final decision. And that's that's one of the reasons why I like callbacks for is because I like, I want to be able to go, yeah, I want them to see this. And, you know, instead of me just hiring them, I want to, you know, I want to be able to show them different ways a role can be done. Now, if it's a really straightforward role, I'll go to our supervising producer and say, this is who I want to use. Are you fine with this? Because there's no sense in doing callbacks. I've brought him one person for a callback before. And so this is who you're getting, but I just want you to see them. And, and he likes that because it helps him to, he wants to meet the actor before they hit stage, because that way he sees what he's going to get in the scene. Mm -hmm. and no surprises. So even if I'm only bringing him one person, he's like, okay, now I see what we're going to get. We need to make any adjustments. Okay, whatever. And when we're good to go. So we've been doing it a long time. We're a pretty well-oiled machine. It seems like it. It seems like it. Very many, many years. But it's wonderful. It's wonderful to find what your your passion and your purpose to help actors. What could be better? Yeah. And even when um, you know, I have a production company and a producing partner, and we did a we made a movie a few years ago. And even, you know, obviously I was involved in the casting. But you <laughs> It was still, even though it was, a, it was a film instead of daytime, it was still a very similar process as far as reading the actors and all of that. It was just a different pool of actors, you know. But other than that, it's it's still. It's all the same thing. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta show up, you have to be prepared. You have to have a strong opening moment, an arc in your scene and a closing moment. I mean, the, the difference with, with film is that you can shoot a scene line by line if you have to, because you're moving so much slower. You can't do that in daytime. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So you know, everything's going to show. Everything's going to show. Before we close out, just give me three pieces of positive advice to actors. Just give me three things that come to your mind. So as they pursue their career and keep their um, going. Gosh, different than what I've already said. Maybe. Um, um, I don't know. Just. If you're not enjoying it anymore, don't do it, first of all, because right. it's a hard enough business as it is. So you've got to have joy in doing what you're, what you're doing. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, just, <laughs> I can't think of any other positive things other than what I've said. Okay, that's fine. But maybe you get to really know yourself inside and out. Well, you, yes. Um, I mean, that kind of, yeah, that's the confidence in coming in. And that's what I said earlier with not giving your power away when you come in to read, you know, show me what you can do. Show me that you're the expert at the job, you know, not me. 
that I'm looking to see what it is you do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's just, you know, not being afraid to to really use yourself in the scene too, I guess. So. And believe, believe, believe in yourself. Christy, so listen, you-, you know, listen, obviously is the number one thing they always tell you, just listen, listen, listen. And I give that comment a lot with students. I'll say, you know, you're a really good listener because I, you know, it's just, okay, here's something. Do your homework, do your homework, you know, do your homework on if, if, if the show you don't know, you've never read for before, do your homework on that show of their style. And even with daytime, there's only four of us, but we're all very different from each other. The energy is different. So even if you look up that to see what kind of energy it is so that you, you just, you know, get yourself armed with as much information as you can so that you are the expert. And then once you've done all that, let it go. And when you walk into that office to read, let it go. And now let's just play. Because that's what brings joy for me is watching an actor who's let go. And now we can play. We can let the the words jump off the page. And the most exciting thing for me to find in an actor in a reading is spontaneity. Is all of a sudden Mm. an unexpected thing because they're listening and they're in the moment and they're not anticipating what they're going to say next. But they're just really, you know, it's a back and forth. It, it's so true. And the only way you can be in the moment is doing all the homework and letting it go. So you can let it go because a cold reading is just not going to do it. I don't care how good a cold reader you think you are. You're going to miss all the nuances. Oh, 1000%. That's another story. You got to yeah. work. You got to yeah. do the process. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging You're out. Welcome. You're welcome. Such a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, be safe. You too. Great success. Thank you. And everybody out there, stay courteously aggressive and go for your dreams. Exactly. Don't give up. Let's turn it off.